Welcome to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. My name is Ilse. I created this podcast to talk about amazing Africans who are doing wonderful things all around the globe. These are everyday people like you and I who are making a difference in the fields of business, science and the arts and living their lives to the fullest. I really hope that they inspire you as they have inspired me. So sit back and enjoy every single episode because it's made with lots of love. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode. It's kind of like a comeback episode because we've been away for a whole month, a whole month. And it's it started out as not being deliberate, but eventually things kind of caught up and we'll, we'll catch you guys a little bit uh, up with what's been going on. But we just want to say we're back, we're much better, and um, we're ready to take on this new episode <laughs> so welcome back so of course today i promised to have Ade on today because he is the guy worth celebrating at the moment <laughs> he just uh, went ahead and became a master of um, he got his mba so you know that's masters right when i say like masters master. <laughs> you're not a master of something you know so you're now the go-to guy when it comes to finance <laughs> and all these cool stuff about money so he's excited about that we, we did not get to celebrate the way that we thought we would you know so even though, online. even though you were always saying that you did not want a, you always say you didn't want a graduation party, so you were very clear about that. I I might say that, but I don't necessarily mean it. Ah, uh, it's like when. So I knew that even though you were saying you didn't want a party, I knew you know how people can be humble sometimes. Like like you, you, someone comes to your house and you offer them food, and they're like, oh no no no, you don't have to. You can tell they're hungry. <laughs> um, I kind of knew that you wanted a graduation something because. As the day got closer, you, know, you started showing some signs of dismay that you weren't going to have a graduation at all. And you didn't even tell me that, it, you know, what time it was going to be online. You just seemed so disappointed with the whole thing. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, um, it's been a trying time for a lot of people. Having a, a graduation online is, is the least of, you know, the issues in the world because you know, people are yeah. going through really tough times. It is a tough time to actually graduate. Mm-hmm. And I say this for many, um, Many MBA graduating students and many um, bachelor's graduating students because you come into a situation whereby the job market has, has changed dramatically, especially if you're going down the route of looking for a corporate job. Even in, even entrepreneurs, as myself, you know, it's, it's been a challenging time because you have a lot of cancellations because, because of the COVID situation, wherein you, know, you can't have more than 10 people gather at a time. Things right. are opening up a little bit, but like I said, it has been a bit of a challenge. But grateful, grateful yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Um, one thing I was actually going to say is that I think graduations are a big deal, especially when you've paid every cent, every mm-hmm. every dime of mm-hmm. that thing. You mm-hmm. want um, some form of celebration, and you know, you want to celebrate that achievement. It's cost mm-hmm. you so much time, effort, money. But like you said, it's not the most important thing in the world right mm-hmm. now. The world has changed. So many things are happening, mm-hmm. and we're just grateful and thankful that you're, that, you know, that program is done with. Now we can forge on and move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you guys a little bit about why we're away. The early part of May for me was just a little off. I was under the weather a lot. I was just uh, out of it, you know. And then Corona, of course, we were still under the lockdown. Mm. That was going on, you know. And um, as you guys have seen in the news of late, it's just been a lot going on. And it just really was mentally draining for me. I just didn't want to. I totally lost interest. Is even the little things that I would 
want to do. I mean, you, you, you still know? kept busy with. I still kept incredibly and, busy. And, and the immigration. Model. Yeah, I still kept busy with like my immigration. I offer these Zoom classes and consulting with people, you know, for filing their green cards. I still did all of that. I still kept up with my, with my job, but just my mental health really suffered with just the whole Black Lives Matter movement and just watching that horrific, horrific, horrific video online. At first, I didn't realize that he actually died. So when I was watching it, I was actually like trying to figure out why they had him in. I'm talking about George Floyd now, if you guys are wondering what I'm talking about. And I didn't realize that's how it was going to end. And so I ended up watching the whole thing before I realized what was happening. And for me, that was just, it drained me. It really drained me because, you know, this is my 10th year in the U.S. And I feel like every year we go through this cycle of pain. We watch in horror as another person is killed on national TV or, or it's caught on tape and people get agitated, but, hmm. And it's, and it's, it's painful, it's you know? It's painful because it's, it's very, it's becoming more and more evident. It's always been there. But, right. you know, like I said. Police brutality and all, So you know, it's always been there. Um, the black. But now, you know, people have their, you have more access to phones, more access to live streaming options. Right. And it's just very, it's very live. It's very, we all get to see it. In some cases, some people, you know, it happens, we see it as it's happening. Mm. You know, and, and it's just very, very grim. It's very grim. Someone said to me, like, um, it's not like you guys know the person personally. And I felt offended because I, you know, saying to that person that it's, you don't have to know someone personally to connect with their pain. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't because you look at the circumstance and you, you, you ask yourself, why did this happen to this individual? And you connect with the pain of that person, that family, because it could be you. You, you know, you're, al- you're also African, you're also African-American. And, you know, I've heard a lot of Africans kind of dissociate themselves from the African-American struggle. But honestly, when you're stopped in traffic, nobody knows if you're African or African-American. You're black, really. Mm-hmm. So don't find yourself in a group where you know where you're arguing whether you know you're African or you're African American or whether you obey the police or don't obey the police. No, just yeah. generally listen to people when they really talk about these things. I think that's the, the one of the important ways to to go about this. The, the struggle is the same. That's that's um. I was talking to my brother the, the other day. He also made that point very clear that you really shouldn't dissociate. You can't dissociate yourself from, uh, you know the african-american struggle because as as africans you know wherever it is in africa you're from you know many of our leaders looked to african-americans especially during the point where during the fight for you know civil rights uh, that civil rights movement many african leaders uh looked to african-americans on how they uh, maneuvered that whole the, the system right and took that same effort back to their various countries in africa to fight for their independence, mm-hmm. so our struggle is really one and the same, and and it's it's very very unfair to, to think that okay you know what it's not really my business. It's not my I'm business. I'm not you know African American or right. you know I speak differently. You know mm-hmm. it's not you know and just as we said, if you're stopped, you're seen as as black. Right. You know you're, <laughs> you don't really care about if you're this way or that. Yeah. So you can't say, "Hey, that's their problem. Let them deal with it." You have to lend your voice. That's the least you can do. If you're quiet, if you're if you're silent, you know about it. You know, if you're silent about it, you're you're more or less saying, "Hey, you know, it's it's not my problem," or you're you're accepting, you right. know, what the issue is. 
But you, you just don't to, want to deal with it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, your you, you have to lend your voice for the people that don't lend their voices. Um, someone um mentioned something to me the other day that this is the best time to actually start doing an audit of all your all your friends. The people that are not lending their voice, the people that are not speaking up. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are still going about like you know, hey, it's nothing. You need to actually question those people. You need to question their motives. Right. I'm not saying that you should go and confront them or anything, but you need to just like prod them with a question and say, hey, you know, where do you stand on this? Yeah. And if they give you that whole all lives matter nonsense, you know, hey, it's it's really time to, yeah. to um, sever the yeah. relationship. Well, one thing that I w- wanted to talk about was just my experience when I first got, came to America as an international student. So growing up, uh, you know, my parents, my dad grew up, he pretty much, he told me there was a picture he took with his dad. His, his dad actually had to give him a shirt to wear because that was how poor they were, right? A shirt? A shirt. Okay. Because he didn't have, own any shirt that was presentable enough. So okay. he was probably like 10 or 12. Um, but his dad had to give him a shirt. And so every time he looks at that picture, he was wearing this oversized shirt that mm-hmm. looks like, that looks so baggy for him. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he talks about was, Growing up, you, you, you grew up poor, but with education, your story changed. So we knew that if we wanted to get a better life, you know, every generation had to pick up that bar. So if, if your parents did as much, you'd have to, in your own time, do a little bit more. Right. And gradually, over generations, you change the story of your family. So even though we have really poor people in Nigeria and Africa, we know that by working hard, people have changed their stories. And so a lot of us dream of coming to America because for us, it's a land of opportunities. It's a land where, you know, if you if you study, if you get the degree, if you work hard, your story will change, basically. And so, you know, when I came to America, I was very happy. I saw a lot of opportunities, scholarships. You know, I got a full ride. And I remember thinking, I'm wondering why African-Americans in America did not seem to be taking advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I would think about it a lot, and I just couldn't figure out why. I just couldn't figure out why. And... You know, over the years, I've had a lot of mentees, you know, who are African-American. And I try to push them because I have my mindset coming from Nigeria is hard work is the way. Like, if you work hard, everything will fall in place. And so I had this one mentee, actually. She was trying her best, um, but I kept pushing her because I told her, she, you can do a whole lot more. You can, you know, I kept encouraging her. So when she has presentations, I'll sit down with her. I'll make her go through the whole thing. I'll ask her the tough questions because I told her, when you get there, People are going to want to know what you know, right? They're going mm-hmm. to ask you questions and you have to come up with the answers. And as I continue to push her and just, you know, try to get her to do better, she shared a story with me. She shared a story with me that I'm going to share with you guys. She told me that when she was in college, when she was in college, someone actually came to the school and told them, you know, made them sit down and listen to a short lecture. And then the lady asked them what they wanted to be in future. And they all said what they wanted to be. And the woman, the woman went down the line and, you know, one person would say, I want to be a medical doctor. And the lady would look at them and say, I'm sorry, but you cannot be a medical doctor. Like, you don't have what it takes. You know, at that point in college, someone was actually preaching to them that it couldn't be what they wanted to be because she just felt they didn't have what it took. And I realized slowly what it was. If you're in a society where people around you are working their way out of poverty by getting an education and working hard, You've seen people do it and you have that blueprint, right? You know you can succeed. But if you're in a society where people are constantly telling you that you cannot be anything. They're setting you up for failure. Yeah, you cannot amount to anything. You already have been defeated in your mind. And so it's difficult for you to break free. Now, it's not only that they're playing these mind games, but they're also setting up 
barriers actually you know where you cannot get this you cannot get that it's just so frustrating that some people just give up and so i realized that i'm pushing her with the mindset of you know that i have as an african growing up in nigeria that if you work hard and she had never really had anyone tell her those things and so the more (laughs) i told her those things you know the more she felt like she could do it but then when she shared her experience with me i was like oh there you go yeah okay i I get it i don't think people understand what systematic means right right it's like it's it's a it's ingrained mm-hmm. right sometimes mm-hmm. whenever we think of a struggle we think okay it's just like a one-off oh like okay well maybe he didn't have the money to right to pay for something or maybe he didn't mm-hmm. have the money to go to school it was like oh school is free right well let's say high school for example right. or middle school oh it's free why can't you just you know show up right but you, when there is the word systematic racism or systematic struggles it, it really means that there is a i don't want to sound like conspiratorial but it's actually the truth right it's a situation whereby from birth to at least to death right. you are limited purposely limited of opportunities right you do not have you know let's say and, and back to my other example of where they say school is free why can't you just show up mm-hmm. number one you are in a household where you know you're Parents have been incarcerated. Or, right, you have, you have no positive role models. You know, actually. you have no positive role models. Right. Your parents are incarcerated, or they're dealing with drug addiction. And and this is not just one family, but these are multiple families, mm-hmm. multiple families, you know, of color, primarily black. Right. How how do you think, you know, as a person who is just maybe twelve years old or thirteen years old, how do you think your way through that mm. to say that okay, well, let me just ignore all of this and and go to school? You can't, right. you right. know. You have no form of income either from your parents or no no support. No support. No support. So the natural thing or the next thing mm. that they believe would give them some kind of status or you know income mm. is to either get into crime or or just illegal stuff. You know. You know what? Let me tell you something. Um, growing up, I always did really. You know, I, I thought I thought I did good in school. But thinking back now, one of the reasons why I did good in school, and I always say this, is because I wanted to make my parents proud of me. It was always, like, at the forefront of my mind. Like, it was like, I want to hear my dad say, well done. I want to hear that, you know? Like, I want to see that beam when they hear my results or that excitement. They always get excited. But imagine if you didn't have anybody at home to even ask that, hey, how was school today, Ava? Or you didn't have a dad. Your dad is in jail. And the reasons, you know, you can go into that, but you guys can do some research yourself. But if you didn't have that growing up, if you don't have that positive reinforcement, that environment growing up, it's a little more difficult, I'm telling you, to achieve anything. It's a little more difficult to achieve anything. And so we're just here to say we're not bashing white people. No, this is not about them against us. But this is against people who think they're better than other people. This is what this podcast episode is about. People out there who feel like, I'm better than you, not because of anything, it's just because I was born better than you. I'm just sorry to disappoint you that, that nothing as such exists. I'm sorry. You're not even better than anybody else because of any reason, right? Even I, who have a PhD, I don't consider myself better than anyone who has a bachelor's degree or better than someone who has a master's degree. No. No, I just spent a little more time in school. Doesn't mean that I'm better, you know? So that mindset is very dangerous. And I, I you know, that's something that we should all work on just getting rid of because it's it can lead you down a really really dark road. I acknowledge and I'll, I'll say this for both you know for Africans right. particularly and and for, for you know, uh, white people that live in the U.S. is just to acknowledge your your privilege if if you have that privilege. 
I'm not even really you know, acknowledge the privilege that you have and, and, and use that privilege for, for the right thing. Right. You know, and, and we all and, have some kind of privilege yeah. now or another. But there are certain times when doors are open up for you because, without you even saying a word. Right. It happens in Nigeria. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. Light skinned ladies who are beautiful go to interviews and they're treated a little better. And people like begin to say that, hey, there's some form of mindset here. So that's privilege as well. So you know that you, you don't argue with people when they say that exists because you probably don't realize it, but people on the other side realize that and they're saying you probably get XYZ because of your appearance, because of the way you look. Now, you may not know that that is, is in existence, but it doesn't mean you discredit people who are saying that that exists, right? And one of the things that I find very mind-boggling is people who, who don't listen, right? Or who just ignore things. So, for instance, I'll give an example. A good example is when death happens, right? And someone is grieving. A lot of times, a lot of people don't know what to say, and that's okay. You don't have to have the words. But sometimes when that person finally opens up and starts to, you know, explain how they feel, sometimes it's very heavy and people, sometimes people just don't say anything. But then after an awkward you know, pause or mm-hmm. silence, they change the topic and to something totally different and like something that doesn't make sense, really. And that person that has just opened up that deep, dark side of the experience is wondering, like, did you even hear what I said? Did you even acknowledge that I opened up to you? Did you even... You know what I mean? So I know that there are some conversations that are difficult to have, but when people open up to you and they have these conversations, listen. And when you listen, actively listen. Like you don't need to keep saying things or arguing with them about their own experience. You can just say, "Hey, you know, I acknowledge, you know, your your feelings, and you know, I I can't say that I know what you're going through, but I empathize." That's mm-hmm. it, really. They're not telling you for you to feel bad. If your mm-hmm. African American friend is telling you, a white person, their experience. It's not directed at you. They're just telling you what they have to live with. Welcome back to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. You know, it's just um, using your privilege. um, Of course, like that, acknowledging your privilege Mm -hmm. and using your privilege for for the right thing. Um, the, The two worlds that we live in, right? So. Back, back in Nigeria, for example, right. if you if you want to avoid some form of you know, discrimination or this police brutality or whatever, mm-hmm. it, right? um, the the one of the ways out of that is just not to be poor. Right, right. right. The rich have privilege as well. Yeah. yeah. So so to there's a way you're able to, and again, you're it's it's really you're just in a bubble to be honest. But to live above that is just not to be poor. Right. Right. It sounds very harsh, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Have your Ikoi household. Um, <laughs> Live on ha- the island. Ha- yeah, yeah. I mean, like drive I said, a nice car. No, no, I mean, not even just about it. Just you can you can just coast, close your eyes to whatever is happening around you. Have a driver pick you up early in the morning, drive you to work. You don't even really get to see any of the traffic or anything that's around you. You enter your your air conditioned um, office, and you know the same thing as you're going back home. You you can live above that. You can live above the yeah. the issues and the chaos, and just live the life that the average Nigerian cannot fathom. But out here, it's not enough to be rich, right? It's not enough to be educated. It's not enough to be educated, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that I also realized. You know, it's not enough to be able to speak English and and you know and have all the money in your bank account. Yeah. Right. You can have all of that, but one thing you can't have, mm-hmm. or one thing that you can't be, is white. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> you can, you can, like I, like I mentioned, you can have the best job, mm-hmm. you can make the most money, you can have everything going for you. Right. But there's there are just some rooms that you cannot be in, mm-hmm. just because you do not have that skin tone, you do not have that skin color, you are not part of that class. So um, change is really where the thing. Yeah. Is. So loving yourself. As you are, and demanding the change. That Demand you that change, yeah. That's Demand why it's that, time to that, speak true, up. that true equality. Right. So if you think that you can just ignore it and say, "Hey, that's their issue," no, it, it isn't. Right. If you are, if you have this skin color, you have to actually fight for that equality. You know what? There's an adage in uh, African adage that says that when your neighbor's house is on, when your neighbor's roof is on fire, mm-hmm. and you fail to do something about it, because you're like, "Oh, it's not my house. It's my neighbor's house. That's mm-hmm. their business." Guess what? That fire is going to spread to your own roof. Mm-hmm. And very soon, it's going to consume your whole house. So mm-hmm. when your people around you are suffering, it's never none of your business. Right. You have to lend your voice. You have to join them and find a solution because that problem may soon become, or some derivative of that problem right. may become it's your problem. Yours, exactly. One day, I went for a conference with my boss, and we went to another city. I think it was Dallas. And as we were walking on the street, she kept smiling to every African-American she saw. Mm-hmm. And she would say hi. She kept doing this. I noticed that, like every single person she saw, she does. She she usually does this for most people, but I noticed when we got to Dallas, like she would say hi to everybody. She's I'm talking about traffic traffic lights. We're waiting right. for the light. Random people. She 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 smile and say hi. And so I asked her like, why are you saying hi to everyone on the street? These are random people. You don't know them. And then she told me that if you notice, I'm saying hi to a lot of African Americans, mm-hmm. and I'm doing that because we already have so many things against us. So why need to give them? Why don't we yeah. just share a little bit yeah. of love? And that got me thinking because I generally don't do that, you know. And that got me thinking the mindset behind that. And during that conference, you know, after the day, we was at a conference convention center. And at the end of the day, you see a lot of cleaners come clean and, mm-hmm. you know, take care of the place. I noticed it was a lot of African-Americans. And we'd wear our name tags. And one older lady, she saw me and she, she stopped me. She said, are you really a doctor? And I was like, well, I have a PhD. She said, really? And she's like, well, you don't look any more than 30 mm-hmm. and i said yeah and she was like i am so proud of you and she just like for five minutes she just told me about how proud she was of me and how my success is success for the community and things right. like that and i was taken aback because i was like wow how is it that my choices you know have impacted this lady so much so that she has to really really tell me all mm-hmm. this stuff and so i realized that we're actually one and mm-hmm. our struggles are the same right. If we support each other, if we are, you know, don't spend time talking about what divides us, we'll go a long way in this struggle. Right. Another thing I want to talk about is um, when I first moved to the U.S., I had these conversations with people from the Caribbean, you know, arguing that they are the strongest Africans and all this stuff, and mm-hmm. how you know we sold them, we in Africa sold them, and you know, so many stories, and people would have all these little animosities going on. A lot of times, it was very draining for me because I don't want to argue about who is the strongest African or because they said on the way, you know, on the ships on the way to the slave ships, (laughs) there were people who were so weak. They rather jumped into the ocean. So the people who made it actually the strongest Africans. And, you know, there are people who talked about how slavery happened and a lot of African chiefs were given gifts for the slaves and things Mm -hmm. like that. And in those conversations, I always would ask them that, what do you want me to do about this now? You know, you're welcome to come to Nigeria, visit me. You're welcome to, like, you know what I mean? Like, we, even though it seemed like the people who stayed back maybe had it easy, we really didn't have it easy. There were tough situations also that went on 
in these African countries. Right. And so I never really tried to be part of any of those arguments where people talk about the Caribbeans are better than the Africans or the, and, and, and Africans, it's, or the it's, Africans it's are better time. than the African-Americans. I know a lot of African-Americans, I know a lot of Africans who raise their noses as African-Americans because they feel like they're not pushing enough and they're not struggling enough. And our, it's just time that we stop our, and our, help each other. Our struggle is literally one and the same. You know, uh, and if we start, and, and that's what other people want to see. They want to see you just Division. confused. They want to see and invited. Because it's like, okay, well, see them. They can't even get there. <laughs> they right. can't even get there. They act together. They act together. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I would strongly advise mm. that you, you don't get, you know, people don't get into the kind of conversations about, you know, who's doing better or who's doing what or yeah. who's up and who's down. Because yeah. that doesn't help anyone. That honestly really doesn't, doesn't help anyone. It really doesn't. You know, I. You know, again, you know, I'm not saying that okay, just because this person's black, therefore they have to. No. It, it has to be based on merit, but right. ultimately, ultimately, um, you have to um, kind of support your own people. You know, support yep. support them. You know, bring them up to, to the level that um, that you think that they're that they should be at. Right. You know, some of the work that I've done here has been working with quite a number of, of like black owned businesses and even like you know with the uh, weddings for example well, right. like, you know, frankly i've shot very very few um african or african uh, american yeah africans or african-american weddings mm-hmm. um and, and that's sometimes it's, it's down to budget it's understandable you know they, they might not necessarily have and this is not you know speaking for the entire class of people but you know many people might not necessarily have the the resources to one either hire like a videographer for example mm-hmm. or the resources to be in some particular rooms where they can basically the point i'm trying to get across is that I've, I've had to work with a number of black owned businesses who in many instances might have the right product they might have the right service they lack the resources to Upscale you know and- yeah put put themselves out there advertise properly you know have quality videos and pictures and the like and that's of no fault of their own so what i try to do is try to support them you know right. sometimes if it means discounting some of the work that i you know, that that some of my services yeah fine mm-hmm. just try to make sure that their their services are out there try to make sure that their product is out there that they're seen right i could as well just close my eyes and say you know i'm just going to focus focus on this particular clientele and and you know i'm certain of x amount of dollars, of dollars but then at the end of the day, you when it comes down to impact. it, what impact are you making? Mm-hmm. You're just collecting a check. Right. You're not changing anything. You're not changing anything. Awesome. And, you know, we just want to shout out to our friends who are not African. They're not African-American. Mm-hmm. They're not black. But they have supported. They have sent these messages. They've said, we stand with you. They've not kept quiet on their social media platforms. Mm-hmm. They've actually used their platforms to propel this message and to spread this gospel that we want equality and we want fairness and we want mm-hmm. to be treated with respect and we don't want to be killed on the streets and we don't want to have to have conversations with kids. The other day, someone was telling me, her son was asking her, am, am I black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it sounded funny, but honestly, that kid was actually worried because he had heard somewhere that police actually killed black people and he wanted to know if he was black. black of course, yeah. he's an African-American kid, you know, even though he was a little light-skinned, but he was an African-American kid. And so, we thank everyone, black, white, everybody who has supported this movement and one thing i noticed about this movement is it's global now it's not mm-hmm. just people in america it's not just african-americans in america saying hey stop killing us it's their friends their allies right. different countries people are saying this is wrong this needs to stop right. and i want to applaud that because i've never seen it happen on this scale before and i'm excited because i feel like it's 
going to bring about change. It's already bringing about change right. in, the, in the system. And if it, you're just one of those people who, you know, people have told you, your parents probably have told you that black people are to be feared, black people are unclean, yeah. black people are not educated. You grew up in and, an and environment these, these where, are... where you're driving through a black neighborhood, they're telling you to lock your doors, and um, that's fine. That's the upbringing that you had. But you now have a choice to make your own decisions. You now have a choice to think for yourself. You now have a cho- choice to make your own rational decisions. And so I encourage you to make those decisions based on fairness and based on what you know now know. One of my friends, when I got to grad school, I'm not going to tell you where she's from because that's irrelevant. She was always telling me that Nigeria, she can never date a Nigerian because they're they are criminals and they, are, they can't be trusted. And she would say this over and over and over again. And I would get very irritated in my spirit, but I wouldn't say anything. And then one day I told her, I said, do you realize I'm Nigerian? Hmm. How long have I been friends with you? Am I a criminal? Have I stolen mm-hmm. from you? Right. Have, have I, you've met some members of my family? What do you think about them? And I told her that it's okay for you to think these things because you grew up hearing these rhetorics yeah. and all that. But now you're grown. <laughs> you've actually met Nigerians. You've actually met, you now have a friend who is Nigerian. You've met that, your friend's parents. You've met your friend's family. But you're still repeating these same old lines you don't see us like, saying you know you, why yeah. do you do this because i've heard no you have watched so i said it's time to change what you're saying it's time to change your thinking because now you know you've met an african mm-hmm. a nigerian am i a 419 person am i <laughs> you know so i encourage you i challenge you actually to question every single thing that you feel like you've grown up knowing if you do not have a diverse set of friends or acquaintances yeah. how would you ever you know understand anyone else's struggle or any what anyone else is dealing with that's well, the, that's I mean, the honest truth you need to have you need to have diversity open, yeah you need to open the, up your circle and and this is both you know black and white you need to have diversity in your interactions there's a tribe for everyone when i say tribe i don't mean your your where you're from or anything mm-hmm. your tribe is now you're grown you can pick your friends mm-hmm. you can pick who you want to be in your in your in your network Choose a diverse group. And that way you can get to see the world from everybody's perspective. So now you're pointing fingers at your white friends and you're saying you have privilege. You can actually hear your white friends talk about what they've heard on their side. You have an opportunity to start a conversation about, okay, this is what you've heard. This is what we think. This is where we are. And you can begin to talk about that kind of change, right? Just take your time. Don't throw yourself into something you're not ready for. You know, I definitely didn't do that. I started with my Puerto Rican friend. Then from a Puerto Rico friend, you know, I got Mexican friends, I got friends from all corners, and now I have a group of, I feel like, a diverse tribe. And it's not like I chose them because I just want to have a cultural experience. These were people that I genuinely got connected right. to, and def- genuinely felt a connection for. And they've really, really helped me with the way I think about the world. They've helped me just open up my eyes to what other people, what other people are going through. Right. Their own experiences are also unique. Yeah, that was a lot. Now you know why we've stayed off the air for a while because this whole thing has just been so heavy. Some days I just don't feel like talking about it online. Some days I feel like I want to pour my heart out. I just wanted to make sure I got to a place where I could collect my thoughts and just try to make sense of it. And so we could do an episode about it. And that's what we've just done right now. So this is our own two cents about this whole thing. We are one. We are one. That's what I want everyone to know. We are one. Right? Yeah, so today we actually went out to Radnor Lake and we we went um, walking. And it was actually very therapeutic because we've been cooked up in the house for a while. And that can do a number on you, I'm telling you, like just being in the house. But I've started work, you know, I've come, come back to work. And so 
uh, that's a whole different podcast episode just so you guys what work is like but we're excited to be back we just had to talk about this and we hope you took out something from it so let us know what you guys have been up to what do you think about this episode and and we'll take it from there on the next one thank you for listening we love you guys we love all our listeners black white yellow brown green purple orange even on another color <laughs> we love all our listeners but we just want to be treated with respect we, and we will treat everyone with respect as well all right okay have a wonderful day stay stay safe continue to wear your mask stay six feet apart from people don't hug people or give them handshakes covid19 is still out there we're just trying to stay safe love you guys and bye-bye listener what do you think about this episode do you have a question or some feedback that you would like to provide or a suggestion for a future guest now you can send me a voice message voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio messages that just might end up on a future episode of the podcast you can send me a voice message right now just by clicking on the link in my show notes can't wait to hear from you Do you know that about one in every three people in the United States listen to at least one podcast every month? That's millions of people listening. And do you also know that every month, thousands of podcast listeners listen to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business service or event that you would love others to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talesbydroz at gmail.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.talesofanafricanprincess in america.com